You always pick the questions, and you say, oh, pick the pick, say it. Come on, come huh? on. Oh, I gotta present it. Yeah, you gotta present oh, it. You man. ask the questions. You go clockwise. You're switching up the the thing. Whoever, no, whoever comes up with the questions presents it. All right, if you're going down an alley, who do you want beside you to protect you? I want Wolverine. Miley Cyrus. Muhammad Ali. Donnie Madonna. boy i'm a girl first what of what no but the boy when you say the boy there's no like girl version of that so boy with mm. a hand gesture yeah. with the popping of the lip boy mm-hmm. <laughs> what is miley cyrus gonna do for you i don't know it was the first thing that came in my head miley cyrus is not fierce enough for the world she's only fierce enough on stage I disagree because I actually just saw an article about her today and she is two weeks sober, no drugs or alcohol. So she is more powerful than anything. (laughs) She's going to protect you in an alley now. I don't know. If anything, she's going to find more coke in an alley. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Strange Flavors brought to you by Aleph Theory. My name is Faraz. I'm Danny. I'm Rashad, a.k.a. The Sauce Kid. Brandon, a.k.a. Typical Tev. He's Hi, back. Come on, man. You got to do all this bullcrap. Jeez. <laughs> He's all cuddled up. Look at him. Man, it's cold down here, man. It's hot down here, first of all. <laughs> Guys, we almost didn't have a podcast today because it was all getting jumbled up. And I was trying to release this video, which you would have seen by now. It's the Mask Off parody. Remember I told you guys about it? Mm-hmm. If you want to check out those videos, the parody videos, it's on a YouTube channel called Ronald Ponal. R-W-N-L-P-W-N-L. Uh, if you like brown culture and us making fun of ourselves, that's where that's the place to go. So, yeah. So Shimmer and I are, well, by the time you hear this, we would have done Towson University. That was the last college that we're going to. On May 13th, we are going to the Citizens Foundation Charity Show in Washington, D.C. Why is this such a significant event? Do you guys know who Hassan Minaj is? Nope. He's on the, uh, the show with Trevor Noah, the Daily Show, right? I've heard of Trevor Noah. Um, Well, he's like the brown dude on it. But anyways, he was at this event last year. And now Shamir and I are covering for him, which is awesome because I love Hasan Minaj. And he just killed it at the White House correspondence dinner. He like totally roasted Trump, even though he was supposed to. Oh, that's the guy. That's him. Yep. He's like a huge role model to me. Um, And so it's like super humbling that we're going to get to perform there. But yeah. Um, if you want to email us, send us an email at strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. We'll take any sort of critique, questions. If you want to be on the show, of course, email us and let us know. Um, or just to say, hey. Um, and also you can send us your music because we use it between the transitions and in the outros. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's new? I got an interview on Monday. That's about it. Interview for what? Uh, Noodles and Company. Yeah. I hate Noodles and Company. What? All my friends it. always want to go there, and it's like so tasteless. Tasteless? You're not getting the right thing because I get too many tastes when I eat stuff like that. What do you get? Um. Well, I get well a bunch of different things, but I really like like the Caesar stuff. It's good. It's hipster. Everything that it's I very eat bland. is so spicy there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, today I was at Cheesecake Factory celebrating like one of our friend's birthday. We surprised her. And the lady comes up and she's asking me what I want. I tell her like the um, a certain pasta. I forget what it was called. But I was like, can you make it spicy a little bit? She's like, yeah, you want some like Cajun spice on it? Like that's not that's not spicy. It's just to add some flavor to it. But that's not what's going to make it spicy, you know? I want some like hot peppers in it or something. What? 
Everything is spicy to me. I think everything is so spicy. What's your favorite type of food? Italian? Um, yeah, actually, I guess it would be Italian, yeah. I do like Italian. Japanese. I prefer Italian. Yeah. You like Italian, really? Love it. And you, you like Japanese? Mm-hmm. Any particular, like, dish that you really like? Uh, I like eel. Sushi. Eel. sushi. I've never had that before. Actually, I tried eel sushi once, and it was actually good. Yeah. It's a lot it was, of flavor. Yeah. It was kind of weird, because it's like, I pulled on it, and it's like very stretchy. I don't know why people get so freaked out about sushi. It's... Because it's like, I mean, most of it is raw. I know, but it's like tasteless. It's like almost like you're drinking water. I don't like tasteless sushi. There's this one. It's called a Maryland crab roll or the Baltimore roll. That's what it's Mm -hmm. called. And they put crab meat inside of it, a little bit of lobster, Old Bay. Ah, That sounds so good. It is. The Old Bay does it. The the way you uh, described it sounds like what they do on California rolls. Uh, No, California California rolls. I love those. Fake California rolls so basic. I love what? Those too. Man. California rolls is fake sushi. It's not basic. It's original. I agree. It's fake. If you get a sub from Wawa, they drowns it in Old Bay. If you choose the Old Bay, you get it on it, like the whole thing is covered in Old Bay. I don't want too much. Yeah, it's a little bit It's a little bit OD. I don't know what they were thinking. Almost killed me. <laughs> Fun. Dude, talk to us about your music a little bit. You're always djing and creating music and like that's that's your life uh, tell us about your music a little bit well i'm not always djing because i can't we're not djing but like i always see you make at least making or working yeah. on music um i mean yeah this girl actually today which is funny she said can you send me that song i'm like oh i just i just started it's not even done but people always get on me like you for not releasing stuff but i sort of have a plan with my music i like to get it mastered and then i'm actually going to pursue I want to get on music blogs. That's my biggest thing. What does that mean? And first um, of all, your genre of music is? Uh, electronic. electronic. I, I've been doing a lot of trap stuff, so like harder. Sort of like headbanger kind of stuff a little bit. Okay. Um, but like music blogs, yeah. like they it's like playing clubs and stuff? No, music blogs is like uh, they have hip-hop, electronic. And you can find some related to your style, submit it via email. And if they like it, they'll premiere it on their website. So it's a way to like promote artists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I mean, what's like I mean, in electronic world, it's sort of useful because like some big DJs may go to that for music to play in their sets or whatever. And I know a couple of guys that got discovered that way, and now they're signed to huge labels. So music blogs is a big thing. And you want to get on a label? Um, I mean, if I'm in that position, yeah, that'll mean I'm I'm somebody, so I wouldn't mind. Right. I mean, it is good quality stuff. Like, I listen to all your stuff, and it's like, dang. Yeah. You work hard on it. I guess, I mean, I'm always teasing you about, like, releasing stuff, but I can tell, like, you put yeah, a lot I, of work on it. I always upload it on private on SoundCloud and listen to it in the car on the way to school. Mm. And if I don't like, if I'm like, oh, this needs to be turned up or turned down, I'll write it in my notes on my phone. Oh, go, you're, like, really, like, nitpicky about yeah, it. Yeah. Go back home, check, pull out my notes, because I, I won't remember. Mm. Go back and fix it. Right. Put it on private again. Listen to it the next day. Wow, yeah. you're like really dedicated to that. That's really cool. Yeah, that's like my more, my routine. And I mean, then, if you're good at something like that, you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's like you should never let that go. I don't think. Yeah, but I don't. I don't bag anybody that puts out music. You know, every week or you know, every two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their own way of doing things, and yeah. if that works for you, it's like it's all good. Yeah. That's what's up. Especially nice. when you got a buzz, you got to do that. Actually, you know, keep putting out stuff hmm, yeah you got a buzz and you know because people are gonna want it yeah definitely 
Did you did you see like uh, the whole thing with little Yachty and Joe Budden? I did. Uh, I heard about today, it. actually. That's funny. Why does Joe Budden care so much? I mean, he's pretty much like bashing the young generation of m- music and saying like they don't respect or appreciate the formula of hip hop pretty much and what's been created, what's been there. And little Yachty will say something like, you know, I don't listen to Tupac and Biggie. And I mean, I don't care. I mean, the younger generation, like that's just what the, it's just how they are today. Like, I don't feel like like if you don't listen to Tupac or Biggie or whatever, like that like makes you like less credible. That's just kind of like what it seems like he's saying. But um, I mean, like just the generation today, I mean, just what they put out is not like comparable to what they put out back then. Hmm. It's like pretty much. What sells nowadays is not what sold back then. So it's like Joe Budden kind of like has to understand that. But I see where he's coming from. But at the same time, when you got these new guys out, you just got to understand. They're just not. I mean, like also, like just, Joe Budden, though. Yeah. Like if it was somebody like right. know, yeah. much bigger saying that, that is. Wasn't that Joe like just, a, wasn't he just mad that Lil, that Lil Yachty said he was happy all the time? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of different things, and, oh. and, it, and it all stems from oh, that. Okay. I don't even like Little Yachty's music that much. I think it's I like some either. of it is okay, like Broccoli. Like I thought that song was cool. I liked him on I Spy, but like his other stuff, I don't really like it. But I love his personality. I think if you can promote all that positivity and like he's, I mean, I've never seen a hip hop artist besides like Macklemore be really encouraging of any sort of community. He has gay guys kissing on his uh, album. Oh yeah, I saw that, and that's. Mentally challenged people, I think, too. I think someone with Down syndrome was on his cover. Oh. It was a whole bunch of different things. That's you know? great. I think that that's was his great. message, yeah, you know. And there's different hip hop artists that are like, you know, no, this this is not what hip hop is about. I think that's terrible, like to say. Like how are you who are you to say that's not what hip hop is about? Like it's ever evolving, just like the rest of the country and the world. He doesn't smoke or drink because he says that he doesn't need to. And that's great. I'm like, good for him. That's a he seems like a smart kid, honestly. Yeah. Well spoken. He's only what nineteen. Yeah, he's really young. That's that's crazy. crazy. Good for him. I didn't like how you na- uh, you bagged on my boy Nav last uh, episode. Oh, t- I mean, feel free. You heard what we said about it. <laughs> yeah, about the whole the N word thing. Yeah, I mean, you're cool with that. Oh yeah, he's my boy. No, but like he's not even black. I don't care. You don't care if like other minorities just use it as like you I don't, know, French Montana says it all the time. I know that's what I was bringing up. I was like French Montana says it, but but the difference between French Montana and I'll get I, I don't know if this is okay or not. Like he is African. I don't he know. Is? If he is. Yeah. I mean Morocco. Oh in yeah. Africa. He said he had. I remember that because um, he got into a whole Twitter thing with yeah, somebody. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm African. Nappy headed. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's funny with black girls. It's like you can't praise them or say anything bad. Like the whole Kendrick Lamar. Show me uh, some ass with some stretch, uh, some stretch marks, and it had the black girl, and the girls were going all crazy. It's like you can't really please anybody. But he was just talking to that one person. I don't have a problem with Nav though, and him saying it. I said I like him. I like his music, but I was just like, you know, what's funny man. is when I'm listening to him, I view him as a black rapper until he says brown boy. Hmm. And Even again, if that's and, how he identifies. Yeah. If he always grew up with black people, like, all right. But I mean, yeah. again. Look at Eminem. He grew up with all black people. He came up in a black community, came up as the only white rapper, and he never had to use it. He never went there. All I'm saying is He is never like, used it? No. Oh. No, man. He never had to. No. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. I'm always get bagged on by my parents whenever they hear the word in a song. I never have a... I'm, I'm nobody to judge, like, you know, who uses it, who doesn't, as far as black people, but... When it's not a non-black person, I'm like, come on, man. Like, because there's still a lot of people that have a problem with it. I mean, Richard, like, he doesn't like the word at all. Like, 
Have so, you ever spoken up when like a white person said it around you or anything like that? I usually don't because you know sometimes like because I really don't want to start like a big issue, but yeah. it's it's not really something that I like like if I hear it, I just like really don't say anything. I just I hate the word. If I hear it sometimes like from a certain person, I'd be like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I just think the word in general is just like really trashy. Like just trashy people use it. I don't know. Some people who just like are educated like will find a better word to use. And that's where I kind of I don't even know if it necessarily like whatever culture you're from it doesn't matter. I just feel like trashy people in general just tend to use that word and it just makes it 10 times more trashier. I remember Oprah so. got on Jay-Z years ago for saying that. Yeah. And he doesn't even say it that much. That. Yeah. I guess because he's she views him so highly, you know. So it's it goes up with like you know growing up in a community too. If it's all kids there, um, mm-hmm. and they hear it being used, like I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say you know they know what they're saying or doing or what it means to them. Like they're not. I wouldn't say that they're trashy in that sense because they just don't know any better, and that's just what they're sort of like. That's the norm for them. But yeah, you guys ready for today's guest? Yeah. So Joey mentioned Joey J Dog, who was our last guest, mentioned him a few times. Uh, Riley Battaglia is his name. He's our guest today, um, and he is a traveler. He picks up his bags and heads anywhere in the world at a random time, which is really cool. So I want to find out, you know, how he's able to do this, what he's learned from his experiences, and where he's trying to go next. Everybody, please welcome Riley Battaglia. Riley, Riley, Riley. I'm not doing my mom's herbal oils. What do you got in the canteen over there? Is it you like Bear Grylls? Just some straight up. Wilderness man. Just a little bit of that something. Still taking hikes? Yeah. What's the highest mountain you've ever climbed? Mount Elbert, 14,433 feet. Not that I'm counting. Okay. Welcome to the show, Riley Battaglia, a.k.a. Rills the 5K-er. Yeah. I haven't used it in a while. (laughs) Tell us us what 5K-er originally where that came from it's, it's a really lame story i hate doing this i used to be a uh, a cross-country rapper not like i wrapped r- across the country like i ran cross-country in high school me and my friends didn't get invited to parties so we made raps about running it came distances. from tyler the creator right oh yeah i was upset so like yeah we we're a bunch of like 120 pound white kids that were obsessed with tyler the creator there's nice. nothing wrong with that that's actually like the main demographic of his and asian girls what white kids that race. run yeah okay he's Didn't like a, that. in the skater community i'm not really in the skater community i tried to longboard once but you know it's funny i saw him at the moonrise festival which is electronic music festival he's like he came out he's like yeah all my molly heads out here yeah it was like really awkward do you know he doesn't do everybody in his group does a ton of drugs and drinks a lot he doesn't do like anything. odd future yeah odd future everybody in that is like on on one but he he doesn't do anything even taco uh i don't know about taco that's a good call but like tyler the creator doesn't do anything and he's the craziest one he's talking about like murdering people raping plastic dolls <laughs> like Dang. but that that was all just good marketing really think about it okay well so from your running days you took it even further you started going 
in the woods and on hikes and in mountains and stuff. Um, have you always kind of been this adventurous kind of guy? No, I think that once I realized that people didn't care like what was going on in my life I felt like I had to like get up off the couch and do something like I feel like when you're in high school and stuff like you got your friends you got your teams you know girlfriends boyfriends proms and homecomings there's a lot of events happening you also don't have a lot of money usually um, as far as like a job so like when I got into college like I had a job so I started to have like a lot of money coming in um, not that many bills and on top of that a lot of free time so I was like, I need to find something to do. And running wasn't really appealing to me anymore because there was like a competitive side of that and I wasn't competitive with it. So I just started going outside because I hated being inside all day for work and for school. And, and I've always liked to travel. So um, basically I did all the spots around Maryland, Virginia, and then started heading out towards like Colorado and stuff. Were you doing this like with anybody or you just... Yeah, my buddy Phil. Shout out Philly Mac. Um, he's a... Uh, he, he lives in Tennessee right now, but we worked at Wegmans together, and we would just sit there making sandwiches all day, like, yo, we should go across the country, and we would just bluff about it for about two years, and then one time he came up to me and was like, no, nah, we're doing this for real. So, so how do you, like, that's always been something to me where, like, I've wanted to, you know, travel across the country, but I never know, like, who would be the right person to do it with or the mm-hmm. right group of people to do it with. Like, how do you decide? Yeah, I mean, Phil will tell you, uh, and I'll tell you that like we fought like pretty bad like you do like if if you're in a car with somebody especially like a tiny car you're like dirty you haven't showered you've been driving like we would drive like 18 hour days um sometimes you wouldn't get hotels because like we'd be getting in late or we'd be going overnight so you need to go with somebody that like you can basically survive nuclear war with like you can go off on each other you can hit the lowest of lows really cranky really tired and then wake up the next day and be like all right let's go hike this mountain or something like that so definitely I'm sure, like a, the money thing is also yeah. counts a lot like you know how you're splitting stuff and yeah um, where you're gonna spend money or you're gonna stay in a hotel or sleep in the car that night yeah because it's like it's one of those things where people are really weird about talking about money and like asking people how much money you have and stuff but like you kind of have to know like you can't just be like oh I'm well, gonna you set go. a budget right right like you try <laughs> I mean not a lot but you know people have to you know be on the same page as far as that's concerned that's why people go with like people they've known for a really long time or like family uh because you can kind of have you have to be able to have an open conversation about money because you're spending some serious money so now you like uh this was with him you went on like across the country a few times you said just twice so we went this summer was, was the main one what was the route and i how went, did you choose that like just like where cool stuff was he i basically knew stuff out in colorado from when i'd been out there and he knew like oregon washington so we kind of picked sections of the country i'd worry about that he'd plan the other stuff he's in with like the instagram photographers and all that so he has like friends in like oregon washington he'd reach out to them they'd say you know hit this spot hit this spot that's so cool and i mean you can totally do that now because you know technology he's got he's in like the instagram hipster photographer community yeah so I was just like, oh, I, I Googled this mountain. It looks really big. We should do it. Did you guys like uh, Airbnb at all? Oh, yeah. Um, How was that experience? Because I still have yet to stay in an Airbnb. It's interesting. Um, there's such a wide range of what can happen when you get into an Airbnb. Like, either you can get in someone's house and they're not there, or you're, like, hanging out with them. Like, it really doesn't say. It sort of has categories, but... Um, basically like the first Airbnb we did was in Denver 
and it was this guy named Marcus, and he had like a really blurry picture, and we like rolled up to his apartment complex, I guess, at um, like 11 at night, and it was abandoned, like, and we were in a back alley, and there's nobody there, and then we called him, and we're like, where are you at? He goes, okay, go to this address instead, so we're like, what? <laughs> okay, we're gonna get robbed, we're gonna get mugged, but uh, no, we went there, and it still was a really sketchy, another really sketchy apartment complex. It smelled like urine. Um, it was really like what, like an old white guy's stereotype of what Colorado is today. Like, oh, everybody was walking around stoned and talking to themselves, and and we walked in, and it was like really weird. It was like the Twilight Zone. But then his, you walk into his apartment, it was really nice. A lot of these people were running like communes seems is that the right word like they have like a bunch of people it's like a really tiny apartment but random people come out of random doors like my friend, what? <laughs> yeah. what is this? Like, my friend said he opened the door and this dude was like i don't know if he was doing something but he said he just looked at him and was like was it like a crack house or something <laughs> i don't know like it's how uh, now we stay with this um very nice chinese woman in vancouver named Teresa. probably not her first name but uh she was very, very, like, on top of us, watching us all the time. Like, I'd go out to the car to get something. Hey, Teresa, I'm going to go, like, get my suitcase. Okay. I'd walk out. I'd turn around. She'd be, like, through the blinds in the upstairs window, like, looking at me. <laughs> their head cocked out. That's what I would be like. And then first thing we do when she gets in is, like, welcome to my home. She gives us a pair of slippers that are, like, this big, like, child size uh, magenta slippers for both of us. So we don't get our floors dirty. She had the rooms labeled. Oh, I like her. I she had like the her. rooms labeled A, B, C, D, kind of like that. Like, and then she had, and we were the only like non-Asian descent people staying there, so we didn't know what was going on. And there was a bunch of people. Um, she sounds amazing. She brought us blueberries. She was really cool. Wow. Um, but oh, this is the story about Teresa. So I did mention that me and Phil were the only people on this trip. Um, so we would ask each of our Airbnb hosts, like what we should do, figure that was the best way to figure out stuff to do. We'd never been to Vancouver. So we asked her what to do. She's kind of like speaking broken English, showing us her phone. She says, just get to the, get to the bus, get to the subway, go to this station. Like she's very adamant, like you boys, you definitely want to go here. So we're like, okay, there must be something cool happening. We get out of the subway, we come up to the street and it's like the heart of the vibrant Vancouver gay district. So that's when we kind of realized on the trip that everybody was assuming that we were a gay couple. Wait, how did, okay. how did you get to Vancouver? <laughs> like, we were there. That's when we were there. Like, we were at her house, the Airbnb. We took the subway in. You can just take a subway, like, from... Yeah, Canada? I know, but, like, you didn't need anything? Boy. Like a passport? Yeah, did you have your passport on you? Boy, they got Trudeau up in Canada. Like, that guy's like, oh, you can breathe? Come into my country. There's, like, nobody there. Like, you can just go. There are homies. I've been to Canada many times. I'm surprised you haven't. I was there yesterday. I've been to Canada. Your whole squad's up there. I've been like, to you Toronto. You guys are linking up. Yeah. Your whole squad. But <laughs> I thought I remember, like, having to take a passport and getting checked and everything yeah, I mean, like that. Yeah, you took a passport. We took... Uh, can I say this on your podcast? What? We took, we took weed into Canada. <laughs> there was a border agent, and she was really hot. That's crazy. We got, like... <laughs> I remember being like at the uh, at the border, and they were like pretty strict. Yeah, well, when you see so they didn't even check your passport. You two see two sunburnt white guys in short shorts with Maryland license plates. They're just like, oh, I mean, they actually did kind of sketch on us because how many people are gonna drive from Maryland to 
Canada, Colorado, unless you're like a drug runner, right? Mm. Like most people would just fly. So they did kind of sketch for that aspect. They would, but they would always check like our, for like apples and stuff. They were really weird about agricultural stuff. Yeah. Now, in Colorado, what's the weed scene like? Is it like everybody says no. it is or what's no. what's going on? Nothing like nothing's going on. People are just nice to each other. It's like you would have to go Are there go, dispensaries everywhere? No, you would have to go actively seek out a dis- Have you heard of Weed Maps? It's like Google Maps but for weed. So it's okay. like it's like an app that takes the concept of Google Google Maps and puts like dispensaries everywhere. And they have it for Colorado, um, states with medical marijuana, Washington, Oregon, all those states. California? California, definitely. <laughs> um, and so you could do that. I mean, there were known places in Denver. Like Colorado, you know, they still have families. They're still, like, just because something is legal does not mean we encourage it. Like tobacco is legal. It's not encouraged. Alcohol is legal. It's not encouraged, uh, depending on where you are. And so, like, they are, there are very strict laws, and each town can be really strict. Like, you know, the Air Force Academy? Mm-hmm. That's in Colorado Springs. So, like, that's a military town. Very conservative. Like, more conservative than a lot of places here. So, like, they're obviously going to make as many local laws as they can to keep dispensaries from being visible. So, like, usually you're going in, like, the back of something. Like, it, they, they're not very, like, you know, like, liquor stores, you can find them everywhere. Dispensaries are very, like, well hidden, I feel like. Um, I feel like they're more popular on the West Coast. West Coast is, like, more pro-weed Yeah, I mean, in the East. And, like, there's a huge difference between, like, pro-weed and legalization. Like, it got legalized, but I don't know what the margin was. It wasn't, like, 90% to 10%. It was still, like, close. So there's a large amount of people that are still, like, no, we're not for this. Or, you know, and, like, and you just don't want it around, you mm. know, I guess, if you're, like, raising kids and stuff. Um, depending on what your parenting style is. Right. Um, so if I'm planning to go cross country, do you have any tips for me? How much I should uh, think about spending? What I should be packing? Well, with you personally. No, no, not me personally. You. I'm saying like listeners. Like what? All do right. They need well, to know? are you get okay with being dirty? I would say if you're trying not to spend money. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> like get get comfortable with being dirty. I recall the last day that we like we freaked out we hadn't showered for like five days i put on a bathing suit jumped in a lake with a bar of biodegradable soap or eco-friendly soap and i scrubbed myself in a lake in wyoming and it was creepy because there was a bunch of parents with their kids watching and i felt <laughs> i felt bad for people and there was like it was right by a restaurant they were eating over the water so i'm like sitting out there like scrubbing myself reckless but like you got to do what you got to do like but then there are other times where you get really good deals on Airbnbs you get a nice place with a nice shower it's you just got to be ready for inconsistencies um i would just pack definitely pack food like if you're good at like you're efficiently pack food like with a cooler and everything and like you can make yourself good meals you save a ton of money but how much what's the time span here how how much we did 20 days it probably cost me Everything included gas, food, lodging, activities, um, probably between a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks, which is sounds mm. like a lot. It's not that much because twenty days of being on the road, like just twenty days of hotels alone, could be higher than that. Yeah, no, so, that's like, that sounds pretty good. I mean, you can you can't go to mm? like London for that much. No, how, how much how much weight did you lose? Um, probably like five to ten pounds yeah well he was also like hiking mountains and yeah. stuff like that you got to take that into consideration yeah. also yeah just do your research like i felt like um and 
and keep more of a focus. Like my whole thing was, let's see how many places we can go. And that sounds really cool. It looks really cool on Instagram, but like I went to a lot of really cool places and barely explored them. Cause I was just like, Oh, got to go to the next place. Got to get home. That kind of thing. Like I would recommend like pick like one or two States, one or two areas, focus in on that, spend time there because being on the road for that long, like I think we drove over 7,000 miles when it was said and done, maybe 8,000. Like you're almost spending more time just, driving than you are doing things so. what do you think was like the deadest state call them out north dakota idaho straight up i believe it but Why? also like um utah was weird not to call out the mormons shout out mormons but did you go to salt it was lake weird. yeah there's a vibe there i don't know what it was i went to an in and out burger always wanted to go people were just like did it live up no great milkshakes dang yeah you know, people are in there, like, looking... Everybody looked like they're part of the same something. It was freaking me out. It's like, I don't know what to compare it to. It's like Get Out. Is there a movie like that? Yeah. It's Get Out like <laughs> yeah. that? Have they all you, had you this haven't look. seen Get Out? No, I want to see it. There's, Man. like, this look on everyone's eyes, like, he's not from here. He's not one of us. Yeah. And then I remembered, <laughs> like, they're like, yo, like, Salt Lake City, there's a vibe there. Nice. Not and that's come, when you not, put up your middle finger and show them that you Right, right. No, no, no. <laughs> You're going to get attacked and hung on a cross and set on fire. No, no. shout out Gordon. Okay, wow, for Ross. Jeez. Shout out good Gordon Hayward. Utah um, Jazz going to get the W. <laughs> let's get into uh, some more uh, abroad traveling. Yeah. Uh, well, you started off doing rescue trips. Is that right? Not, I mean, <laughs> rescue trips. No, I'd pick up small Haitian children for the sake of the Instagram, but I wasn't rescuing them per se. I was just—I was actually dunking on them. Well, some of your friends uh, that were doing that were doing that, right? What I mean, that went on the trip with you—that you said that they were just trying to get pictures, and then they were like, All right. I, "Dude, that like, girls are gonna love me for like, this." That's like half of international aid. I really hate to like, and I mean, we're all victims of it. Like, you see an extremely cute kid in a foreign country, you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get a picture," and like people do that everywhere. But like, it was with the especially with the one week trips it's a big problem like and you don't want to call people out because like i said everybody does it you know i'm obviously putting stuff up you know on instagram too um but yeah i've been on it, it's like these one week it's trips. shedding light to it too though it's, it's right not just, so you know. It, it's like you know everybody i mean and they what's the the comp or the phrase it's like there's no unselfish act like you know even people who do charity do it to get something out of it you know what i mean mm. it feels good it, you know it's a good experience so there's always a self-serving aspect to it so like it's not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, like in Haiti, it was cool. Like that was my first, and I, and I still look back on that experience. Like that experience made me want to do all the other things. And I always like reflect back on it, even though I don't remember everything from it now, um, because there was really no country like that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of countries that are stereotyped as this and that, but Haiti, like, I mean, that really lived up to like, man, I mean, man, that was poor. What, what kind of stuff were you guys doing there? Um, we were doing that one was through the Archdiocese of Baltimore, which is like a Catholic church here, and that one was like they have like a vacation Bible school, but it's basically like a summer camp for a week. It's like sixty kids, play sports with them, um, maybe do some like English class, some crafts, stuff like that. And then the afternoon part was like when we got to go learn. So we would go like meet with people in the community. We traveled to the countryside. We went to refugee camps from the earthquake. So it was a great balance of like we were teaching and then we were being taught at the same time. Uh, really cool. Um, and then you kind of turned that into this bigger trip, uh, which you uh, got into the Peace Corps and then yeah. um, went over to Morocco. Tell yeah. us about that. 
Yeah, I mean, I was in Morocco for about three months uh, this past fall, and it was under the program of youth development, and there were about 100 of us that went over at the same time to get introduced. They already had volunteers over there, um, and there's just so much you could say. That, that was a really intense experience. That differed from all the other ones because whereas the other ones, you're like going for a week, you're getting the experience, and you're going back. This one was like you're staying for a decent amount of time, and you're actually living. Like, so... I was dropped off at a family's front door. They don't speak English. There was a teacher, but he wasn't standing next to me all day, and we were kind of, like, supposed to just figure it out. So, Yeah, and yeah. what was, like, the cultural difference? The drastic differences is with meals, <laughs> food. <laughs> like, yeah, the easy, like, glamorous thing to say is, like, oh, they're in Islamic culture, so different from us. Very, very much not the case. Like, it's the same things. Like, old guys, very religious. Old women, very religious. Kids are like, oh, I'm just going to the mosque because my dad's telling me to. It's similar in all religions, really. And then there's, like, you know, it's it's varying levels of religion. But, like, as far as customs are concerned, food. Like, they just force-feed you. Five times a day, it's a country where a lot of people either work on farms or work with their family or they don't really have, they're underemployed, they don't have a lot of work, so you're spending a lot of time around the TV, a lot of time eating. Um, and Why they, are they feeding you five times a day? Is this, dude, is this going with like just, every prayer like, or what? They would make fun of me. They're like, what do they feed you in America? Do they starve you? Do you not eat? And I mean, like, you're, I mean, they're feeding me to the point, I was, I was vomiting. Like, I would, I'd vomit from overeating. Because you're, you're also getting used to the food, I'd go vomit. I'd alternate between vomit and, like, crapping my pants and stuff. Like, And then I'd come back, and they'd be like, here, more food. Like, they don't... What kind of food is I'll, this? I would be, like, cursing at them. Well, the signature Moroccan... Me. Yeah, the signature Moroccan dish is couscous. Um, couscous Fridays. Every single person in the country has couscous. I swear to God. It's, like, little tiny beadlets. It's, like carbs you know it's like uh like like pasta type stuff but in little beads and you serve it with like vegetable steamed vegetables and they put meat in the middle and they have this big dish and everybody eats it with like their hands or with a spoon and it's like a giant bowl and it's just very good oh so you liked it yeah i mean i liked it until like i was full and they're like have more and i said <laughs> no and then they looked at me like no seriously you have more i ate it and then i got sick Dang. um yeah but what? just being nice, it's just hospitality. Come on now. Now yeah. bump that. Bump huh? that. <laughs> I would have left. No. Well, every they also don't really use a lot of silverware. They have like I said, this is not like, oh, they're uncivilized, they don't have silverware. No, they have all these things. It's cultural. Like they're like, No, we're gonna we'd rather just have bread as our spoon. So like you have like a pile of loaves of bread. Everybody gets like their own loaf to start with. My and God. you have to rip off bread and put it in and get your like you know, you soak it in like oil or chicken fat or something or and then you you eat that saturated bread with whatever meat or vegetable you're scooping beans and so imagine every spoonful of something you had was with like bread instead of a spoon that's like double the yeah, bread, is, yeah. bread is filling. Love it. Wow. That's because that's what we do. Remember, I was telling you guys about roti. Yeah, that's what it like, is. That's but except I think you were doing naan, right? It it was just like just like it wasn't really naan. They had this. Oh, what was the bread called? I forget the word. Was it like pita bread? They did make something like that for the morning, just excessively greasy and. But we don't eat five good. times a day. We eat twice. Like in in this yeah, culture, dude, usually they, they eat, eat one so big meal much. in towards like the noon and then at night. At least five. And then, like, they... That's crazy. Um, and they have an excessive... Like, they don't have any concept of, like, 
how much sugar to put in things. Like I feel for my friends that are still over there, half of them probably have diabetes right now, <laughs> straight up because they get sugar in blocks. Like imagine a big like cylinder of sugar, just solid. And then they take like a something. sugar cane? No, I mean like it's just like all sugar like stuck together. It's like a brick of sugar. Mm-hmm. And they chip off something off the block and they just drop it in like tea. They make you drink tea like all day, coffee, but it's like it has an excessive amount of sugar in it. So like your hands are like doing this. You're like, this doesn't seem right. It tastes really good, it's sweet, but it like you have a lot of like sugar rushes and crashes and stuff like that. So that food was like by far the biggest thing for me. Oh, and uh, bathhouses with other men. Yes, that was Ooh. good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell Always us my about favorite that. thing. These guys. Look though, at Danny. But... She's excited. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> and I will also say I wish I had one of my friends here that was a girl on the trip because the girl's experience was like 10 times crazier because they just said like, I don't know what you want me to say and what you don't want me to say on here, but from the girls. Okay, I'll tell you about my experience first. Well, I'm rolling in there. It's like the size of this room and there's a little well in the corner with water being heated by some form of wood burning on the other side of the wall. And it's a steamy room and everybody gets a nice bucket with like like a nice furry coating of something on the bottom from them being used so much. There's mold all over the ceilings and it's really dimly lit and it's a bunch of guys sitting there soaked in their underwear, just basically. Some of them go naked sometimes, I think. And they just sit on the ground and everybody everybody else's dead skin and hair and all that good stuff. Oh god. And they uh <laughs> and it's it's a bathhouse. That's how you bathe. I mean, like the rich families had like showers, I guess, but it's like you're giving yourself a bucket shower and it's like a community event. You know, it's very nice. Bump that. I would not be I would not be shy. No, I actually became a big I became a big proponent so. proponent of the hammam. Do you guys use the word hammam? Is that a thing in well, it's just a bathhouse, In the right? cities, they actually have... It's like a tourist attraction. Like, they have these very nice... It's like going to a spa, almost. But, like, in the real sense, it's like a room with some warm water and a bunch of guys, like, scrubbing each other down. And let me tell you, they scrub you down. It's That's like, crazy. You were like stepping bro- on pubes. Yeah, I mean, t- I try not to think about it. Like, you, you're supposed to take your bucket and, like, sort of rinse off your area. Um, some of the kids, like the snobbier kids, we all kind of point and look at them. They bring mats. Their their mommies and daddies would buy them mats. And I'm like sitting there, like I'm an American. I'm sitting on the ground. Oh like, no! Like they had some bougie kids over there. They were like, oh, I brought my mat, and they had their own. They bring your own bucket, please. Use the community buckets. <laughs> I mean, these I'm more cultured than half these kids. They're spoiled rotten. Okay, what's the girls' version now when I hear that? Girls? So, guys, you, it's it's like guys here. Like, you can kind of go in. There's a little bit of rough housing, a little bit of handsy things happening here and there. But, you know, <laughs> what? <laughs> Who gets rough in the but shower? But if you want to, hey, this is a community shower. It's a big, big Let's play a wait, football wait, game so in the shower. So, it's for girls and guys? Well, yeah, you have shifts. Like, girls no, but they're uh, different. Girls, they're separated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> girls. In can, Europe, it's not separated. Yeah. Oh, whoa. That's crazy. That's so Let me know about that later. <laughs> um, you can go in. Girls will go from, like, 10 to 5. Guys will go from, like, 5 to 10 at night. So... So we were always getting like what the leftovers from whatever the girls left in there. Because like people go in there, they shower, they I'm assuming they shave. They had a, a dark black hole area where people would just disappear into to do their deeds. People poop while brushing their teeth. It felt like it's just you just do everything. And then and then they like dip, and then they'll they'll like take one they'll have like one scoop and they'll put it over their head. They'll have another scoop and they'll be drinking out of it. Like there's just no 
like sort of separation of things. It's very interesting. Okay, so guys, you can kind of roll in there. You know, if if you want to mess around, you want to roughhouse, you want to do some dancing, hang out, talk to the boys <laughs> about the Real Madrid game, you can do that. You can make it really into an I'm experience. Done. But if you're like trying to get out of there, you can sort of get out of there. I would say 30 minutes minimum, because um, you know you still got to have a conversation with somebody. Now, women, Hell no, you don't. women get brought there because the girl. Okay, so in this Moroccan village in particular, I'm not going to broad brush the whole culture because there's a big difference between little villages and big cities. Um, women are not usually outside of their house in le- like together unless it's like regularly and like besides this so like there are events there's weddings there's things there's school but like this is like the thing every day every week um where the women get together so it's like a big social event you know the guys are like hanging out at the cafe the guys are playing soccer on the street so like the women make it a very big deal because it's like they're hanging out but that also means there's a lot of drama there's a lot of beef and there's a lot of things you don't want to see that apparently you have to see um how do they have drama that that's the only time Mm. that they see them well, like, I mean, like, because somebody, like, takes somebody else's bucket. I mean, like, it's oh, precious oh, time. Oh. <laughs> it is precious. It's a very precious time. And um, and I also don't want to, like, shout out to all my Moroccan mamas out there. They are great. Like, I loved all, I loved all my moms over there. But there, there's a big problem in the culture, like, in at least in some rural areas with women's health because they are, like, kept inside they're not exercising so there's a lot of overweight moroccan women all moroccan like moroccans across the board are dealing with diabetes but a lot of the women are dealing with weight issues as well um so according to the girls accounts you know they i think they do wear some sort of underwear but they're like you know topless and everything's off and they said that you know you'll go in these women are grabbing you they're scrubbing you they're pushing you they're like you go there you they yell um they said that one woman just came up to them and started screaming like very angrily and pointing at them like with everything just showing she was very large and so it's just like if you're uh, an american girl if you're an if you're a conservative girl is not used to you know getting down like that you're kind of like what like one of the girls is from like kansas i think so that's not happening in kansas did did a guy ever touch you in the yes there was actually this one dude but we were really great friends after that so <laughs> <laughs> so like you also have to understand like i am sort of a pushover so like i know when somebody's messing with me but i sort of let it go on for the sake of the entertainment of the village um this guy so everybody will offer to scrub your back you, they have these little scrubby things exfoliators and they and like my brother will scrub my back, I will scrub his. Let me scrub your it's back normal. while my penis grazes your no. back of your <laughs> leg. Yes. And that's sort of where that got to. So this one guy, he's very he had this look in his eye. Like this thing transcends culture. Like there's always that kid that you look at him and you're like he's a like there's a word I would use, but he's just you look at him you're like, yeah, you don't want to go near that guy because you know he was doing sketchy stuff with the girls earlier and i guess he gave up with them so then he turned <laughs> his sights on on me so he said let me give you like a proper i think it translated to like massage they call it kissel which means like massage but usually what kissel means is like i scrub your back so he offered this time and i was like oh it's kind of out of the blue but i guess that's fine and he immediately took me spread me out on, across the floor and smacked my back as hard as he could not my butt, my back. And uh, and then he pinned my arms down and he like mounted me. <laughs> and he was like spreading along my arms. 
and he and then he told me my brother told me listen if he go if he goes too hard on you smack the floor i kid you not that was the code so i now have my face pushed against a puddle of, of pubes mixing oh <laughs> a, a puddle God. of pubes <laughs> i'm exaggerating of course but yeah that's i mean it could have been so puddle of pubes i don't know if people are doing other things in there besides you know people might be peeing i don't know but i'm laying in it face first and this dude is stretching me he's like you know like you see like coaches stretching out football players for the game but he's doing it while mounted on me so, so, but i'm like you know we're like you know I'm, I'm, I'm i got my back to him so i'm not too worried you know right the sound echoes in there so like i already can't understand words and when there's a bunch of echoing words, it makes it really hard to understand what they're saying. So he just keeps yelling at me and hitting me every time I'm not listening. So then he, like, finally got me to turn over. And he started, like, thrusting in the air, like, with almost into my face. And then I, to which I looked over at my brother. And I was like, all right, like, tell this dude to stop air raping me. Like, I, I'm not stupid. Like, What's your friends now? Yeah, I mean, like, ever, like so there was a wedding that night. So he, he told me before he gave me the whole treatment, he's like, look. This is your first wedding. Like, I need to, like, make sure you're very clean for this wedding. So I wasn't going to, oh, like, God. say no. I mean, I didn't want to offend anybody. He did anybody. his job. Right. So, like, then I, I'm at the wedding. I see my boy across the dance floor. And, like, we're boys from that point on. Before, we were, like, <laughs> he wouldn't really acknowledge me at the, at the cafe and, you know, offer me, like, drugs and stuff. But after that, he was, like, yeah, man, just, like, you're my boy. What, what Was he moaning while he was air raping you? I don't know. Brandon, he, he just so kind of had this creepy look in his eye, like I was a victim. Like I, just, <laughs> he was getting something off of it. I don't know. But like these bathhouses. If he busted a nut off you, oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> what have been done, dude? With the way that guy was looking, he literally could have. He could. <laughs> Yo, we, you know we have to mark this explicit now, right? Yeah. He didn't bust no nuts. Well, if we're already going down that path, I no, mean, just stop, stop. Okay, listen. No, it's fine. So I just want to, I just want to clarify. Like, this is you were working with like lower class families. Like, not everybody is going. No, that's actually the funny thing is some of the guys really like it. There'd be like it was a coming together of the social classes. Like, um, there I'd see people there that were like I kind of got to know the families that were part of the wealthier ring of families. I mean, they wouldn't always go there, but like they would go there maybe once a week. Like they had right. their own shower, but they'd go to see like their buddies. Like maybe they're playing a game of soccer, hey, let's all go to the hammam afterwards and scrub each other down. Like that's <laughs> that's social. Like right. you know, it's not which I thought was cool um in its own weird creepy way. Um maybe without the air humping and that stuff, but like no blood, no foul, right? Now, what what was uh kind of your mission over there and like what yeah, do you think tr- still trying to figure that out really what? like oh. <laughs> why why were you like sent over and like do you think it was feasible to do whatever you guys were planning to do i think that the government the peace corps is, is part of the federal government so i think on the broad scale it's to have good relationships with other countries and it's like having little ambassadors everywhere like yes every country has an ambassador but we were actually living with the people so it's like giving America a positive face, saying we're not all what you see on TV, right? But on like the specific scale, it can vary. Like they have Michelle Obama in Morocco, for example. It just ended, obviously, but she had Let Girls Learn. That was like her big initiative. She was pushing that through the Peace Corps. So a lot of it was youth development. We're supposed to teach them life skills. It could be simple things like brushing your teeth, being nice to girls, letting them participate, um, you know, setting goals, turning your goals into careers, being an entrepreneur, um, 
It could be like more health related, you know, working out. They girls would do yoga classes for like older women in the community, um, and they would give them a space to do yoga where it wasn't perceived as being like wrong or unsacred or creepy because there were no guys there. So they actually had women teachers to kind of take them and do that. Um, it's pretty much after the the broad sense. It's on the volunteer to make it what they want to make it. I know people right. that are doing all kinds of stuff. Nice. Um, I know, like, a lot of people who are from, like, um, they're of, like, Latino descent, and they're doing, like, Spanish lessons. Like, they teach them about things like Cinco de Mayo and, like, different things um, because that's their culture. Even though they're from America, they, you know, mix in their own stuff. I don't really know if I did anything specific. Oh, I taught kids how to play flip cup. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I introduced some white bro culture, too. They loved it. They were great. Any any trips planned up next? I know you just um, are still pretty recent college graduate, and yeah. what's the plan from here? Well, I'm moving to Cleveland, so Cleveland, so the Ohio, land. yeah. I, I hate the Cavs, but yeah, other reasons, girl. right? Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna start being a teacher and teach middle school social studies and science. And so my big next trip, um, I want to go to Utah and do it the right way this time. Have you ever heard of Zion National Park? I have heard of that. Heard of Zion Williamson? Yes, (laughs) a legend. He's a legend. Um, Yeah, so like I'm trying to go to Utah and do some of the parks down there, Um, but it's pretty open. I don't know. Like at this point, I feel like you have to have a boring year to have a good year because you gotta like stop going places and make some money. It's usually the rotation for me. I'm kind of sitting at home, trying not to spend my money, trying to save my money. You still rapping? Man, I wish. Um, I made a song, or I was going to make a song about chalupas at Taco Bell, but, like, that's the latest inspiration I've had. <laughs> I've not had a lot of inspiration. What's your bigger, like, any big uh, life goals in the future that you're trying to sort of work on? I want to be, like, one of those guys with, like, I want to be on, like, one of those Discovery Channel camera crews somewhere yes. up in, like, the Himalayan mountains. I do actually want to start, like, picking out mountains and like hiking the highest of like do the highest mountain on each Vlog continent them. yeah and sort of do that would um, you ever do everest yeah i would like i was actually thinking about um i i do a lot of research as to how people fundraise for it because it does cost about 60 to a hundred thousand dollars to summit everest oh my god uh yeah so obviously can't afford that um so basically you have two types of people really rich people or really sponsored people so you could do like a cause like so like hopefully like i find a cause um you know like whatever you know take take interest in something and maybe do that people probably like go fund me yeah that's for, what i was gonna say yeah first. and I, i'd basically try to do it where like i could raise the money to do it and then raise how come does money and why does it cost give. that much do you know yeah i mean like you have to pay for training flights all the camp gear like all your it's like a two-month process or something like that and or you least, can die yeah you have to pay the guys, the Sherpas, which are the guides that take you up, the people from Nepal, you have to pay them a lot of money. And if they get you to the top, you have to pay them even more money, like as a tip. Mm. Um, and you're basically living there for like a month or two. So, um, and all that gear costs an insane amount. It costs thousands of dollars alone. Like the special gear you need to not like uh-huh. freeze and die. Man, I saw a movie on Everest. I think we watched it together, actually. There's Jake, many movies. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. I would Beautiful. Ne- I could never. Yeah, the, the movie scared me like... I mean, even without the movie, I wouldn't do that crap, but... Yeah. The thing about mountains, and I'll just... I'll leave the mountain talk at this, is, like, I don't... I've kind of discovered that, like, going on a regular hike doesn't really 
do it for me. Like mountains are very specific. Like it's a hard hike and you're going to a specific point and you get to that point and you get to appreciate your work. Like, you know, like I know people that they're really interested in like hiking like the whole Appalachian Trail or something or just hiking a distance. Like I hiked this far. And for me, it's like I like getting somewhere where you can visualize your accomplishment. Like I don't like driving to the top of mountains. I despise that because I don't feel like I earned it. Like, you know, stopping at an overlook or something, it's like, oh, because it's easy. But, like, finding a, tr- a hidden trail to go up somewhere to get a, a shot that nobody else is going to get because they're not going to take six hours to go up there off the trail and find that shot. Like, I think if you're into photography, if you're into adventure, like, that's a great feeling. I think a lot of people enjoy that. that they want to have, the uh, you know, a unique experience. I think climbing mountains is a really easy way to do that. Not easy, but. That sounds very inspirational. I hope you find your mountain. Find your mountain. <laughs> I hope you and post climb it. pictures and videos of all this kind of stuff because I love seeing when you like are on the top of another mountain or like some find some yeah. crazy new thing. I think it, like it's such a cool thing. Uh, I will say to do it's a, it's a huge accomplishment to do those things like that. Just to interject, thank you by the way. Um, <laughs> like all those people that like get to mountains and feel like they need to play like stereotypical mountain music, like the Fleet Foxes or something, like. Just put on the Migos, man. Like, stop trying to <laughs> stop trying to, to fake. Like, get on top of everything. I'm in Rain the, drop. Na- I'm in the top. nature. Yeah, that's what I do. Like, I put on Bad and Bougie when I get to a summit, like, or Drake or something. Like, because you need to, like, you need to Abuse. celebrate. Maybe <laughs> pop. I'll, I still want to, like, go up with a bottle of champagne, like, pop a bottle or something. Like, really expensive champagne. Like, people are, like, trying way too hard to be, like, in the wild. Like, I'm part of nature. Like, no. Like, put on some good old Atlanta. You should have never said that because you could be unique. Right. And should have did that low key. And well, then I'm people just, start copying you. Well, I'm you just know? spreading the culture, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what Joey would do if he got to the top of the mountain. Um, where can people find you if you want to put that out there? or um, You can find me on Instagram, Riley, R-I-L-E-Y, Bataglia, B as in boy, A-T-T. We got you in the description. A-G-L-I-A. You can find me... Uh, I wouldn't look at my Twitter. I'm just retweeting like garbage tweets right now. So uh, yeah, just leave it at Instagram. Look for some cool pictures. And I really think that like Instagram is still the best social media. It's like almost timeless at this point because you can link up with people and it inspires you to do things. Like I went on those trips because of other Instagram photos I saw. And then people have told me already just a couple, hey, I'm going on this trip because I saw that you went there. And, and you can tag and where you are. Yeah. Tag and I think that's awesome. Like I've done that. Like I've looked and be like, okay, where is he at? And I like map out that trip, do it. I think that people are doing that is cool. Like I know that some people aren't into that. They're like, oh, they're just copying me. Like, no, that's awesome that people like I know that people make fun of people for like taking photos of themselves in nature and not appreciating it and i think that's its own thing but i think it's actually better because it's encouraging people to go there in the first place and so if you got to take a picture and post it great because someone's going to see that and want to go facts put nature on the map last question boy yeah if you could choose any flavor to describe yourself what flavor would that be and why very berry very berry straight up you want to give an explanation for that yeah i think that i'm a very fruity person and that gets uh very like uh, lost in translation had a lot of issues with that lately Um, you had a very fruity experience right so like i think that i like to i like to wear a lot of colors i like to i myself am pink uh in color and so um i just think i live a an aqua berry lifestyle you know love it I'm wet. Embrace it. I'm a berry. Berry. 
<laughs> Riley Berry Berry Battaglia. I love the Straight I love up, the sound of it. Very Berry. I'm pretty sure that's a flavor. Hey man. So. Thank you so much for coming out on the show. No problem. Um, it was a lot of fun talking to you, and I wish you the best on your travels, safe travels. <laughs> Frost, what are you? When when can I come back to <laughs> to interview you? Hey, let's, if you if you ever want to interview me, we can do that. Let's but. talk about you. We're gonna do it my way. <laughs> four four on the floor. Oh my god. Okay. All right. That uh, wraps up the show. Um, join us next time when we talk to another stranger with another flavor. Yeah.